Hey, this is Caleb Cole, pastor of Project Church in Sacramento. And man, I am so excited for you to hear this word. I believe God is going to encourage you, strengthen you, and challenge you through it. So get ready to receive from God today. Come on, church. How we doing? Hey, give it up for the first female drummer in Project Church history. Come on, Adriana. I really think it is the first female drummer in our history. Uh, but hey, we're excited to be here. Glad you're all here. I know it's hot. Um, so here's what happened. Our AC, we have one unit that, that controls this room. And then multiple other units control the rest of the building. So the unit that controls this room broke. And we tried to get it fixed yesterday. They couldn't get it done. So they're going to fix it most likely tomorrow or Tuesday. Um, so the only room in this whole building that doesn't have air conditioning is this room. And so... God just wanted to show us, you know, summer, you know, remember that we would remember summer a little longer because it feels like fall outside. So I'm sorry, it's going to get hotter as the service goes on. Um, so just be glad you came to the 1015. The fullest service means the hottest room. So come on, the fire of God is in this place. But uh, I want to give you guys a couple quick announcements before we jump in today. Um, this Friday, Brotherhood Night, you saw it on the announcement video, but I would love for you guys to be there. Where are my men at? Come on, make some manly noises in this place. Yeah. These men love God because they could be watching football right now, but they're in the house of God. Come on, ladies, give it up for the men of God in this place. Thankfully, the Niners are playing at 1 o'clock, so yeah. But... <laughs> But Brotherhood Night, 7 p.m. is going to be an amazing time. Just show up, guys. Bring somebody with you. We're going to be in here, and there will be AC. Um, second is Fashion is coming up one month away. Come on, ladies. The countdown is on. We need you to get your tickets. You can get them in the lobby today. Stop in at the table. You can purchase your ticket or through the Church Center app. Uh, we got something new kicking off today. You guys know we push community groups every single year throughout the year we have multiple rollouts of groups man groups is where you build community find family um, build relationships but we're launching something new right now along with groups is the whole spiritual formation focus of our church and so it's three c's community courses and contribution and so you'll see it on the screen behind me you got these cards on your way in so we realized that, wow, community groups are great. There's a hunger for the Word of God and, and to, to learn more right now in our church. And so launching in a few weeks are multiple courses. So if you go to the Church Center app, the QR code on here will take you there. Or if you have questions, you don't have the Church Center app, you're confused, stop in. In the lobby, you'll see the layout of the spiritual formation plan for our church. But the courses are launching, so we have a, a course on... The book of Galatians, one on stewarding the prophetic, and then a third course on systematic theology. So we're basically like, you get to go to class if you want. We're trying to help people grow theologically and their understanding of the word of God. So definitely get in a group. They're launching as well today. Get in a course um, if you're interested. Uh, we just want to offer this to our church. I think it's going to be amazing. And then the contribution part, we do four Sacramento days, the second Saturday of every month, as well as coming up this fall, we have more opportunities to serve our community. You saw the 300 backpacks we just gave out. We got more of that coming around Christmas as well. So thank you, Spiritual Formation at Project Church. Come on, who's excited? It's going to be great. So we are continuing a series today my name is Caleb, if you're new, so glad you're here. This series called Favor of God Reloaded. We did this series almost a year ago, and we're re 
We relaunched it last week, reloaded, because we just realized, man, this is the year we declared was the year of favor over our church. That was our word of the year. And we believe that God has favor on his people. What if I told you that you were favored? Highly favored of the Lord as followers of Christ. And sometimes I think we forget about the favor that God has put on our lives. And so we're doing a little mini series four weeks, but at the end of this series in two weeks, we're actually rolling out the first all original song in Project Church history. Uh, the worship team and Justin are gonna be rolling it out in two Sundays, so you wanna be here, don't miss it. Um, it's gonna be amazing. But today, as I talk about favor, I was thinking about the reality of passwords. How many know you need a password to unlock your phone? You need a password for your computer. You need a password for your iPad. You need a password to access all of your accounts online. And I was thinking about this because, man, so often we are following God and we're in this walk with God, but I started to realize that there's a password to accessing the full supply of God. And I think that there's many Christians in this place that are not accessing the full supply of God in their lives. And can I be real? The supply of God is very large. The supply of God, you see, he owns it all, he has it all, and I think that a lot of us Christians are not operating from the full supply of God because we haven't accessed or locked into the password to greater faith in our lives. And so today, I want to share the password to unlock the full supply of God for your life. You see, the password is surrender. Everybody say surrender. So today, I want to teach you a message entitled, The Favor of Surrender. Can I be real? Many of us are saved, but we're not surrendered. We got saved people in this place. You said, Jesus, be the Lord of my life. Jesus, you're my God. But you're not fully surrendered to God. You've given him part of you, part of your life. You've given him access to certain parts of you, but not fully surrendered your entire life. And I'm here to tell you, you will not have access to the full supply of God until you're fully surrendered to the person of God. Now, why are we not fully surrendered? I think there's a fear of surrender. You want to know why? Because we love control. We love to have control, to be in control, to think that the control is up to us. And I started thinking about it because, man, our fear of surrender is that once our hands are empty, God isn't big enough to fill them. Because if you're fully surrendered to God, you live like this. You don't live like this. It's mine. I got it. I'm going to control it. I'm going to hold on to it. I'm going to lead it. I'm going to control it. You live like this. But the fear is that, man, if I fully surrender and open my hands to God, is God really big enough to fill my hands? And can I tell you something? He is. And can I tell you something? A surrendered life is the best life to live. The favor of surrender. When you empty your hands in surrender, God can fill them with his purposes. 
Hear me, church, when you empty your hands and surrender, God can fill them with his purposes. And I think many of us are not accessing the full supply of God. We're not walking in the full purposes of God because we have not fully surrendered to God. And I'm here to come and make you uncomfortable and challenge you that you would surrender every part of your life to God. I'm talking about your marriage and your finances. I'm talking about your, your job and your future dreams and plans. I want us fully surrendered in every part of our life. Because the reality is we all surrender. We're willing to surrender to that which we deem as worthy. And the problem is most of us deem ourselves as worthy to control, to lead, to hold on to. But have we fully deem God as worthy because if we do we will surrender all that we have to him so I want to share with you the favor of surrender I'm going to read a few scriptures today let's start in Romans chapter 12 verse 1 through 2 and then we're going to go to Matthew chapter 16 verse 24 through 27 Romans 12, Paul is writing to the church in Rome. Here's what he says. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is the good and acceptable and perfect will. Let's go to Matthew 16, 24 through 27. Jesus is teaching. He has just rebuked Peter after calling him the rock on which he builds his church. He rebukes him when he tells Peter, hey, I'm going to go. I'm going to die. Three days later, I'll rise again. And Peter's like, no, not you, God. You're not, not you, Jesus. You're not going to die. That's not going to happen. And he has to say, get thee behind me, Satan. And then he follows that up with this. Then Jesus told his disciples, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself. Everybody say, deny. And take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it. You see that? Jesus, he, he did everything backwards. It was an upside down kingdom that he created. You want to save it, you got to lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits his soul? Or what shall a man give in return for his soul? For the Son of Man is going to come with his angels in the glory of his Father. And then he will repay each person according to what he has done. I want to share this message, the favor of surrender with you today. And I want to share a few thoughts, truths from God's word as it relates to the favor that comes with surrender. Because some of us, we don't live surrender because we don't realize there's favor that follows a surrendered life. The first one is this. When you surrender, you turn your problem to worship. Can I tell you what the problem is? See, there's a problem. The problem is you. I know this is encouraging today, church. I just wanted to come encourage you, bless you. The problem is you. 
And I'm not preaching at you because I'm like this. The problem is us. Caleb, you are the problem too. And, and some of you are going, what do you mean? Let me illustrate this for you. Romans 3, 23, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Jeremiah 79 tells us the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. Who can understand it? What is the word telling us? We are the problem. We are sinful by nature. We are broken by nature. We got baggage by nature. Some of you would say, I got some baggage in my life. But can I tell you something that would and should encourage you? You can turn your problem to worship. What do I mean? You, the problem, when you surrender, becomes worship to God. So I go from being part of the problem to being the worship that God is asking of me. All I got to do is surrender. Is stop living like this and start living like this. Now, I was thinking about it because it's like, but are, is our surrender ever going to be perfect? No. Your surrender will always be imperfect because you are imperfect. But in our imperfect surrender, it tells us here that God's mercy makes our worship acceptable. What does it say in Romans 12? One, it says, in view of God's mercy, by the mercies of God, present your bodies as a living sacrifice. What makes your worship acceptable? It's not you, it's the mercy of God that accepts you as you are. Broken, messed up, jacked up, carrying a lot of baggage. You don't have to look the part and God still accepts your worship. You don't have to have it all together and God still accepts your worship. You don't have to be perfect, play the perfect religious game and God still accepts your worship as long as you're surrendered. This should encourage you, church, because how many know you will never have it all together? And yet, your problem you becomes the worship that God desires, the worship that God asks for, but it must be from a place of surrender. You know, I was thinking about it because I've, I've preached this before and I've said to you, like, your worship is more than what happens here on Sunday mornings. Your worship is how you live out there your jobs, with your coworkers, with your friends, with your families, with your spouses, with your kids. Your worship is your life. But can I tell you something? I wonder how many people come in here and you can't even surrender physically to God in the room and how much that carries over to the surrender that you live out when you leave this room. What am I saying? I'm saying your bodies are commanded by Scripture to worship. The Bible says, lift your voice, lift your hands, shout unto God with the voice of triumph, clap your hands, sing his praises. I know some of you are like, but I'm very introverted, Caleb. <laughs> I feel like I'm supposed to call some of you out because you'll go to a football game and act a fool, but you come into worship and you're like, nah, I'm introverted. Can I tell you, if we can't surrender in the house of God, how could we surrender when we walk into the lion's den? And so I just feel like God want me to challenge our church that we would physically begin to worship God. Like, thank you that some of you, when I said, let's all lift our hands. I think most of you did. Some of you, some of you still wouldn't. 
Are you surrendered to God? Because if you are, I'm not saying you got to do whatever I tell you to do, whatever some worship leader tells you to do, but I'm saying your body should actually respond in faith to God with worship. Because I believe what happens here carries over to how we live surrendered out there. And so I know I'm making some of you uncomfortable, uh, but, but can I challenge you? Because I, I'm not the most demonstrative person in the world normally, but I come in here, I don't always feel like worshiping, but I worship, why? Because that's what surrender looks like. I come in here, I lift my hands, and I sing, even though I'm not always on key, and I clap my hands, even though some of y'all got no rhythm, you know, but you try. Uh, I, I, I do my best, why? Because he's worthy. I don't worship because what I'm bringing is something amazing. Because let's be real, some of us, our worship, especially our singing, is not amazing. But you know why we do it? Because he's worthy of it. And because he asks it of us. And in obedience, I'm surrendered so much to say, I will sing and make a fool before the people around me because I love God that much. I'll clap my hands because the word of God calls me to. I just felt like I was supposed to challenge us, church, that we would be a worshiping church. I'm talking about physically. And then when we go out there, we live our lives as worship to him too. You turn your problem to worship. You are the problem, and yet the mercy of God allows you to become worship that God accepts. That's what surrender looks like. The second part is you get to relinquish control. This is the favor of surrender, that you get to let go of control. You don't have to. You get to. This should actually free you up, church, like encourage you. Paul, it says in Romans chapter 12, as I read earlier, it says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice. One version says, I urge you, brothers. What is Paul doing here? He's urging them. He's pleading with them. He's begging them to surrender their lives to God. Why? Because he knows when you surrender fully to God, when you live a life, surrender. When you let your life be worshiped to God, you are relinquishing control of your life, and this is the best way to live. Now, I know we got some control freaks in here. Just raise your hand. Admit it. I'm a control freak. I'll raise my hand with you. Let's be real. Control is an illusion. You think you have control, but how many times have you tried to control a situation and before you knew it, things were out of control? You realize very quickly you had no control. So much that happens to us in life is is outside of our control. And so I'm here to tell you, control is an illusion anyways, so why not give control to the one who can control it? You can't control it, but God can. So why not give it to him? Why not relinquish control? Why not surrender? This is such a freeing thought that I don't have to figure it all out. I don't have to make it work. I don't have to be successful. I just need to trust God with my life and leave the results up to him. This should free you up, church. This should encourage you. That's the favor of surrender. I get to relinquish control. I get to give it to him. 
What does it look like, though? What is surrender? I read it, and Jesus said it. He said, deny yourself. Take up your cross and follow me. Can I tell you what surrender is? It's denial of self. It's trusting God more than you trust yourself. I, I read this story this week, and it's really corny, but I'm going to share it with you anyways. I'm a 40-year-old dad. I can be corny now. Got lots of dad jokes, but I read this story of a, a chicken and a pig were walking down the street, and they saw a sign outside of the store, and it said, Eggs and bacon needed. And so the chicken turns to the pig and he says, hey, eggs and bacon needed. Why don't we go in there? Contribute. Like we have what they need. And the chicken was about to walk in and the pig said, uh, 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 stop, 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 stop. For you, this is a contribution. For me, this is my life. And while this is corny and funny, can I be real? I think a lot of us have the chicken mentality. We're like, we'll give God a little egg. We'll give him a little piece of our life. Like, God, here's my contribution. Bless that. But I'm holding on to the rest. But can I tell you something? God is looking for the whole pork chop, church. He's looking for every part of you. He wants you to surrender your whole life to him. And when you relinquish control, when you let go of control, your trust moves from you to God. And I'm here to tell you, trusting in God is the best move you can make. We talk about moves. I'm here to make, I'm, gonna make, I'm making some moves. I've seen you all. I'm making moves in life. Can I tell you, the best move is trusting God above yourself. The best move is surrendering your whole life to God over yourself. That we would deny ourselves, which is not a popular teaching in, in the church. We would deny ourselves and make ourselves a living sacrifice to God. This is the surrendered life. And I'm here to tell you, you get to relinquish control. And when you do this, you walk in the favor like never before. You access the full supply of God when you're fully surrendered. The third part of this, the favor of surrender, is you break the cycle. This is the favor of a surrendered life. You break the cycle. You are not conformed, it says, to the pattern of the world. You break the cycle. You start new legacies. And I know that some of you are starting new legacies in your families, in your lives. Nobody served God in your family. Nobody followed God. You come from a family of dysfunction and brokenness and unhealth, and you're starting a new legacy. The only way to start the true legacy that God asks of us and is calling us to is when you live Fully surrendered to him. The only way to break the cycle of the past is to fully surrender to him. I want to break the cycle of selfishness. Now listen, I know there's a lot of patterns of the world that are attacking us right now. The world is trying to conform you to its patterns. You understand me? That's what it says here in Romans 12. It says, do not be conformed to the patterns of the world but be transformed by the renewal, renewing of your mind. We are in a culture that is trying to 
pull us into and conform us to their patterns. And can I tell you, the only way to go against the grain is when you surrender to God and live selfless, not selfish. I, I, I'm okay with self-care, church. But can I tell you something? The line between self-care and selfishness is dangerously thin. And the Bible actually calls us to be selfless. But sometimes if our whole lives become about self-care, then we very quickly can go over the line into selfishness. And the Bible says, deny yourself. This is what Jesus said. I just read it, Matthew 16. Deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow me. This is a selfless way of living. Self-love can trap us, or self-care can trap us in an exhausting cycle as we strive for acceptance, and we can become addicted to self-improvement. And I want to tell you, I want to be addicted to the presence of God. I want to be addicted to the person of Jesus. I want to be addicted to the word of God. I want to be addicted to living selflessly, not selfishly. Now, again, I'm not against self-care. Some of you are like, Caleb, you just had to go there. But I'm telling you, the line is thin. And quickly we can transfer over to a selfish way of living. And that's not what the word of God has called us to. We have to break the cycle. Here's what I see, especially right now. Maybe more than ever in the 10, almost 10 years of pastoring this church. Christian and I have been pastoring this church 10 years end of January. Crazy. It's going to be a party, church. 10-year anniversary coming soon. Coming in hot. But... I think now, right now more than ever, there is a spirit of fear in our culture and it's infiltrating the church. And can I tell you, there is a cycle of stress, fear, anxiety that many of you have been in for years and this current temperature, the current culture, what's happening in our economy, in our stock market, um, what's happening all around us over these last couple years, there is a cycle right now that is intensifying of fear, stress, and anxiety. And I'm watching it impact followers of Christ who are conforming to the pattern of the world. Like, I'm not surprised that the word is, world is fearful. I'm not surprised that the world is full of anxiety and stress and fear. Why? That is the pattern of the world. But the church is called not to conform to the patterns of the world, but to break the cycle and to renew our minds. So Christians, I'm here to declare something today. The devil found a long time ago, he can't curse what God has blessed. Satan knows he can't defeat you. He's trying to intimidate you. He's trying to get you locked in fear, anxiety, stress. He cannot beat you because God's got you. You're still here. If you aren't dead, it's not over. So I'm here to declare today we are breaking cycles of fear. We are breaking cycles of anxiety. We are breaking cycles of stress. But listen to me. The only way to renew your mind and break the cycle is to surrender. If you do not surrender, you will stay 
in that mentality. Listen, 10 years of pastoring this church, it is stressful at times. We have financial stresses, we have air conditioning units breaking, the lights upstairs aren't working today in the kids area, in the hallway. I mean, stuff happens. There's been seasons and moments where the stress could be overwhelming. But can I tell you something? Every time the enemy tries to defeat me, discourage me, get me in a mentality of anxiety and fear and discouragement and depression, you know what I remember? I'm not in control. This isn't up to me. This is God's church. And here's what he said. He said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. So what am I worried about? What am I fearful about? What am I stressing about? God didn't say, I'm going to break down my church. He said, I'm going to build it. Can I tell you, we win, church. God's got us. But we got to break the cycle. And so every time I start to think wrong thoughts, walk in fear, get stuff, stuck in anxiety, I, I stress myself out, I, I, I'm fearful. Can I tell you, that's when I just lean in and say, God, it's not up to me. But Caleb, you got to maneuver and do this and, and, and cast more vision and get people to give more. And, 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 and you got to tell them to invite friends so that we grow. That's me trying to control it. But now I go, no, God, you're in control. I'm going to do my best. I'm going to bring my best. I'm going to bring all that I have. I'm going to honor you with a, with a good work ethic, and, and I'm going to do what you asked me to do. But at the end of the day, it's up to you. You build the church. You build your kingdom. And it's the same for you. Some of you are trying to control it all. And you wonder why you're stressed, fearful, anxiety-ridden. It's time to let go and surrender. It's time to let go and trust. Can I tell you something? My wife will tell you. I sleep well every night. You want to know why? Because when I start stressing, I go, no, no, no. I'm renewing my mind. Surrender. And I think some of you need to do this. You're stressing. Your mind's going crazy. You need to go, no, 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 no. Surrender. God, surrender. You maybe need to just be sitting in your bed at night going, I'm open my hands. Surrender. God, you got this. You got me. You brought me this far. You're not going to abandon me now. We got to break the cycle. The favor of surrender is you are able to discern the will of God. This may be my favorite one today. Of all the favor of surrender that I'm sharing with you, this may be my favorite. You want to know why? Because there's so much truth here and so many Christians wrestling with what is God's will for my life. But we come here and we look at Romans 12 where it says, throw verse 2. Don't be conformed to this world. We just talked about this. Break the cycle. Don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. That by testing, you may discern what is the will of God. What is good and acceptable and perfect. One version says the good, pleasing, and perfect will of God. You want to know why I love this? Because so many of us are wrestling with the will of God for our lives. And I'm giving you the password today. 
the password to access the supply and be able to discern the will of God is surrender. Listen, God's will is good, pleasing, and perfect. Your will is often bad, off-putting, and imperfect. And the reason so many of us are wrestling and struggle with what is God's will for my life, it's because we're not fully surrendered. And if you are not fully surrendered, your will, what you want, your desires, what you think is best, will always cloud your vision for what God is saying is his will for your life. So until you fully surrender, you're going to struggle discerning the will of God. And so this is a challenge for you and a challenge for me. Man, I want to know the will of God. I want to be able to discern the will of God. I want to be able to hear the will of God and see the will of God. You have to surrender every part of your life, all that you are. If you surrender, your vision is clear. But if you're holding on to certain things, holding on to certain aspects, you're letting go of control of some things to God, but not all things to God. Can I tell you something? you won't be able to see clearly what his will is for you. If the keys would come back. I think that so often we, as a church and as God's people, we talk about favor and we talk about surrender, but we don't all often recognize just how hard it is to surrender. And so I wanna acknowledge before all of you here today that it's hard to surrender. Like, it's easy for me to preach it, be like, just surrender, guys. Like, just trust him. Duh. Like, you're stressed, just surrender, duh. You'll sleep great. It's hard. Because our natural propensity and inclination is to make it happen, to control it, to hold on to it, to say, I gotta figure it out. I gotta make it work. But I was sent here today to tell you it's hard, but it's possible. It's hard, but it's the best life. It's hard but there's so much blessing that comes with it. And so as I've been talking to you about all the favor that follows surrender, the final thing is that you will receive a reward when you surrender. And I don't know about you, but I like rewards. My kids, every Friday, they know if they've had a good week and they tried their best, they get Slurpee Friday. So every Friday, I pick them up like, Dad, we had a good week. Slurpee Friday, right? They're ready for that reward. And I want to tell you that God is a God that wants to give good gifts to his children. He's a God of favor. He's a God of abundance, and he's a God of blessings. And I'm not trying to teach or preach a prosperity gospel to you, but I am telling you that God blesses those whom he loves. He disciplines and he blesses. 
But can I tell you, I think that many of us are missing out on the rewards, on the favor, the rewards of favor, because we have not fully surrendered. And God just sent me today to say, it's time. You're saved, but you're not surrendered. And God wants to bestow and pour out his blessings and rewards upon your life, but you gotta surrender. What's the reward? I want you to watch this. I'm going back to Matthew 16. Jesus speaking to his disciples. He says, there's a reward. Verse 25, whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. What's he saying? Surrender and you get life. The reward is life. He goes on. I mean, there's so many rewards that Jesus lays out here. Verse 26, he says, what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world but forfeits his soul? How many of us are trying to get earthly possessions, earthly treasure, make earthly gains? And God's saying, Jesus is teaching here. He says, what does it matter if you get all those things but lose your soul? So what's the reward of surrender? Your life and your soul. You keep your soul. And then verse 27. You know, I've, I've read this story so many times. I've read through the Gospels hundreds of times. But I don't know, I've never seen this. For the Son of Man is going to come with his angels in the glory of his Father, and then he will repay each person according to what he has done. The reward is a blessing from our Savior. Now, will that be earthly? Will that be heavenly? I don't know. Maybe a little bit of both. But at the end of the day, I wanted to remind you, because while that is some serious reward, the ultimate reward is Him. The ultimate reward is Jesus. He is our greatest reward, church. And a life surrendered means you get a life with Jesus. And there's no better life. And I think so many people, if you heard the testimonies in this room, they say, let me tell you about my life. B.C., before Christ, and now my life with Christ. You see, he is the greatest reward because he brings favor upon everything we do. And he brings blessing. And he brings purpose. And he brings hope and peace. And I wanted to tell you today, church, he is asking and looking for and calling for a church that will fully surrender to him. So my question, and I'm going to close right now, is what in your life do you need to surrender to God? You're saved, but you're not surrendered. Maybe you surrendered your marriage, but you haven't surrendered your finances. You surrendered your current job, but you haven't surrendered your future dreams and plans.
You surrendered some things, but you haven't surrendered everything. And today, I wanted to challenge us. Did we say, God, I'm done living like this? I'm ready to live like this. If you open your hands to God, I'm here to tell you, he is more than enough to fill them with everything you need. Would you bow your heads across this place? The first call I wanna give is to those in this room that would say, Caleb, I, I don't know Jesus. Maybe you turned your back on him. Maybe you've been running from him. You got caught up in the things of this world. Maybe you've never, ever said, Jesus, be the Lord of my life. But maybe today, this word, this message, God was speaking to you. The Holy Spirit is speaking to you. And he's saying, it's time to come back to me. It's time to come in a right relationship with me. It's time to give your life to me. If that's you, I want you to lift your hand. One, two, three, go. If that's you in this place, yes. Hands going up around the room. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You can put them down. Second call, heads bowed, eyes closed. You're in this place, you say, Caleb, I'm saved, but I gotta be honest, I'm not fully surrendered. I've been holding on to things, I've been trying to control things, and today I'm ready to open my hands to God and say, God, I will surrender every part of my life. If that's you, I want you to lift your hand in this place, go. Yeah, hands going up everywhere. You can put them down. Repeat this prayer after me, church. Say with me, say Jesus. Today, I confess my sin and my need for a Savior. I ask you to come into my life, to change me, to make me new. Today, I commit to live a life fully surrendered to you, my God, my Lord, and my King, in your name. Amen. Amen. Stand to your feet, church. We're going to. Hey, thanks so much for tuning in to the Project Church podcast. We pray and hope that this message encouraged you, built you up, and gave you life. We want to ask that you would invest right now in what God is doing here in downtown Sacramento. We've just recently moved in to our all new building in the waterfront, Old Sacramento District. We want to ask you if you'd like to give, you can go to projectchurch.com forward slash give to invest. Let's see all that God can do through us.